pleasure being able to talk with Mimosa over Zoom video. Mimosa was born in Kosovo, but as an infant, she moved to Sweden. She grew up in Sweden, then moved to Germany. She talks about that. She tells us about how she got into music. One of her first writing sessions she did as a musician, she wrote a number one hit for an artist in Japan, which is fascinating. She tells us about moving to Los Angeles to pursue her career as a songwriter. How over five years ago was when she wrote the song Kings and Queens, which within the past year was recorded by Ava Max. And the song has been huge. You can't turn the radio on and listen to it for more than 15 minutes without hearing Kings and Queens uh, by Ava Max, but originally written by Mimosa. So she tells us about writing that song, having that cut happen, having a huge hit as a solo artist as well with the song Anyway, recently returning to Kosovo and shooting the video for her latest song, Young Queen. You can watch our interview with Mimosa on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Mimosa. Uh, my name's Adam, and this podcast is all about you, your journey in music and songwriting, and how you got to where you are now. And I'd love to talk to you about your new song. And I just watched the video. I love it. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No, I'm excited to speak to you. Cool, cool, cool. So first off, talk to me about being born and raised uh, Kosovo, right? Yeah. So I am Albanian, just like Dua Lipa, Rita Ora, Bibi Rexa. We're all Albanian. <laughs> Ava Max. Love that. And uh, yeah, and my I was my parents, we were refugees and we escaped to Sweden and I grew up in Sweden and in Germany. And now I live in the U.S. and I'm writing songs for other artists and myself and just like just releasing my music, you know. Mm -hmm. What a fascinating story. So, I mean, going through from one country to another and then eventually making it out to Los Angeles. Uh, talk to me about what, how old were you when you moved to Sweden? I was a few months old. I was a baby, so I don't really recall anything. I don't remember anything because I was so young. Okay. Um, I just know that my parents and Rita Ora's parents and Dua Lipa's parents, they all shared that same pain of like, we need to go somewhere else because otherwise our, our children won't have a future. Mm -hmm. And I had the most amazing childhood in Sweden. And um, no, it was awesome. And then when we moved to Germany, I was a teenager but because okay. I didn't speak the language well and I didn't speak any German, I also didn't have any friends because we left Sweden when I was like 11 years old. And that's when I was like, it wasn't fun to watch uh, TV because like I didn't speak the language, you know? Right. And that's when we were like, that's when I was like, you know what, let me just sing. And then I just like became so addicted to that and started, you know, singing more and more. And then I was like, I, I loved it so much. So you were 11 when you started singing. That wasn't until you got to Germany. No, I actually was six. I was six okay. when I started singing, but I started taking it seriously when I okay. was 12. That's when I wrote my first song. And wow. I was like, yeah, I was 12. And I, I thought um, that the best songwriters in the world would just wait for me to write me the best song in the world. And I thought it was easy because, <laughs> you know, it looks so easy when you see an artist or a singer oh, sure. as a young kid. You're like, 
oh, I want to be just beautiful and stand there and sing and be awesome. <laughs> Until I was like, wow, if you really want the best songs in the world, nobody's going to write them for you. And especially in, a, in an industry like this. Mm -hmm. So I realized very quickly when I was 12, 13, I was like, wow, if I want the best songs in the world, I better study this music thing and figure out how to even like write a song, like mm -hmm. how to, you know, have melodies or lyrics that truly touch me and actually can touch other people. And that's when I started, you know, diving into that. And um, I'm so grateful for, for every person that I've met in the industry, because sometimes we also feel like when we're not where we want to be or we don't know the right people or whatever it may be, uh, we sometimes feel um, sorry for ourselves. But I've, I've, I've switched that mentality. Now I'm just so grateful because any no I get, I feel like I push myself harder with with melodies or lyrics. And like it actually fuels me when like now I don't expect anybody to like love it right away. And my whole thing is like, you know what, as long as I fully love it, and I'm honest with myself, that's the best gift I can give myself because then I'm not, I'm not looking for anyone's approval. I'm really, once I give that to myself and believe me, I have a very high standard and I'm so hard on myself. But once, once I give that to myself, it's such a freeing feeling to know that I don't have to depend on others to give me that yes. If I truly believe in a song, I will just go for it. And I just feel like life rewards um, courage and life rewards uh, honesty. And I really put both of that, both of them in, into my uh, music and in my art. And as long as I'm truthful, um, courageous, I feel like it always somehow gets back to me and I get rewarded for that. But that's just me. That's a great approach. Wow. A lot of people, yeah. it's very easy to get down, especially in yeah. th this industry. A lot of no's, right? I mean, oh, trust me. I mean, <laughs> it's funny because I, you know, I speak to my friends and they have normal nine to fives and they will have like a boss tell them once in a lifetime a no or, right. And it's like, I hear that a million times in a week. Like, right. it's also a blessing because I'm so used to just hearing no, oh, whatever. Like, why would you even say yes? Like, I'm mm -hmm. so used to that. And it toughens you up and it, it really gives you, it's given me. And this sounds so weird, maybe, but it truly has uh, given me a better relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I had a normal nine to five, um, I wouldn't even know this side of me because this side developed because of the hard reality um, and the business, the music mm -hmm. business. It is brutal. It is so hard. Nobody cares about anyone. And the only way for anyone, you either know the right people or your talent gets you there. And I've always said, you know what? I don't, I'm only going to focus on myself and I'm going to bet on myself and my songwriting and, and my singing. And I'm so grateful for what I've done so far, but I'm also really excited to see where it's going to take me, you know, honoring mm -hmm. my truth. I'm really excited where I'll be in a year. Oh um, yeah. Exciting. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you talk, I love that you said you definitely need to be tough. You have to have thick skin for this industry because a lot of people are going to try to knock you down. And yeah. I mean, a lot of the time you can, well, you, you said it perfectly with, you got to kind of take those and, and, and fuel yourself from the nose to be like, well, I'm going to get it, you know, on the next one or whatever, because 
it's very easy to get down on yourself. It's very easy to just no one. No one's going to do it for you. I love when you said no one's going to write that hit yeah. song for you. And like and I also feel like when when you're just like when you do your best and you're honest with yourself, the universe or God or whatever you believe in, they always mm -hmm. see that. And I remember when I moved because I had some success in Japan. I had a number one in Japan. Yeah, I had some success I in that. In Spain, I had like success in Australia and it is so humbling coming to America because no one gives a shit, you know, <laughs> sure. and it's nice because it's like, unless you're not the biggest thing in America, unless you're not Beyonce, we don't we don't care, you know, and right. it, it's great because it keeps you hungry. And I just remember going, all right, just, you know, I just have to do it again. And that is when God or the universe has my back. And then a month later, I get the call that, um, uh, Ava Max wants to release a song that I did five years ago. So wow. it just goes to show that like doors open up when you're like honest with yourself, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, when you, I always feel like when I just focus on myself and I like don't focus on the noise around me, that's when things open up for me, but it's, you know, I'm sure it's different for everyone. Some songwriters, have to maybe write a million songs and then you know that's how they get motivated somebody maybe just needs to write 10 songs a year and that's how they work best and i feel like i work the best when i really have something to write about because i mm. always say this i'm gonna sound like a broken record but i always say like you know people want to be touched but you can't touch them unless you don't have like real stories to share Mm -hmm. because like real music at the end of the day, I feel like wins or real stories, wherever they come from, however they may be, when it's the truth, anyone connects to the truth. So I always wait to be inspired by life. And whenever I am, I feel like those are the best songs. Mm -hmm. So I don't even write songs anymore. Like I just, I, I mean, I still write songs, but I just don't like come up with anything. Like I, it's the truth that I mm -hmm. put in into my music now. That's interesting that you, I mean, not interesting, but I'm sure it was hard over the course of the past year and a half to stay inspired by life because everyone was, you know, stuck inside for, for such a long period of time. Oh no, I have, trust me. I have material to write about. I have oh, okay. material to write about. <laughs> yeah. And I also have songs that like, sometimes I start the songs and mm -hmm. then like, you know, I, I take a break from them and then I revisit them. And sometimes I'm like, what was I thinking? This is awful. And sometimes I'm like, whoa, this is actually good. This could mm -hmm. actually turn into something. So it's a mix of everything. And it's fun to always revisit songs. And uh, yeah, because sometimes, you know, it's so interesting because like songwriting and music, it is so like uh, it all all depends on how your day is going. Like if you're having a shitty day, you can easily convince yourself that an idea is is shitty and you can throw it away but if you're having right. a good day um it could actually turn into something and it just it's interesting how that um how that is you know yeah your mind can kind of shift where as one day yeah. you thought it was terrible the next day you're like you know what i can really i can work with this yeah yeah so mm -hmm. i think it depends on a lot of things it depends on whether i'm feeling it whether it makes sense for me you know is it honest is it real and then whether I'm having a good or a bad day, is it still a great song? <laughs> and if I still love it and I and it's and I always rewrite it and try to perfect it. And once I've done that, I'm like, yeah, no, this has my approval. I'm releasing this. That's when I just <laughs> like let it out in the world. I love that. I want to yeah. back up a little bit here. So you yeah. said you started singing at six. What 
was um, like, tell me how you even got into it. Were you just singing at, around oh, the house and your sang. mom was like three in a chorus class or. Yeah, no, I sang, I sang a little at home, but I also like was in the choir in Sweden. So I, okay. I sang in the choir. I also um, sang with my best friend in Sweden and, but that was just like for fun and a little, that was not like, oh, I want to do this forever. It really mm -hmm. became you know, more serious once I, you know, moved to Germany, I didn't have any friends. I didn't speak the language for a year. Mm. And that's when I really like uh, dove into that. And um, yeah, that's when, that's when I started also writing my first songs um, at the age of 12. So like, okay. that's when I was like, you know, I really like this. And then I started recording my songs. I started writing them. And then at the age of 15, 16, I started like, recording the things I wrote. And then when I went to a studio and I heard my voice, I was like, oh, is this how it sounds? It's funny because like uh, my friends, uh, grandparents, they used to leave, uh, live underneath me and they would think I was praying when I was singing. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's was, awesome. Because she would always, Christina would always tell me like, you know, my grandparents, they think that you're praying all day. And I was like, oh my God, it's so funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when I went to the studio and I heard my my first recording, I was like, oh, wow. And then I figured out I was like, OK, I need to improve this technique. Mm -hmm. I this is really good. This can be better. Um, this is not sounding good. Like once you hear your own voice and how it translates into sure. the record, um, that was really interesting for me when I was like 15, 16. And then I met my publisher. Uh, my first publisher at the age of 17. And, wow. Um, yeah. And then he gave me a session because he wanted to, he heard my songs on MySpace. Okay. Um, so I was going to ask you how you, how people were finding you and how, how you were releasing stuff. So you were recording it. You'd write a song, either recording yourself on what, like a tape player. Is that what you said? No, I had a studio in my hometown that I would go to and I would record my songs, but they were like, they were so shitty. They were not good, but I would put them. <laughs> But I would put them online. And uh, because I did that, my my publisher, my first publisher heard the songs and he was like, you know, I think they're great. Why don't you come over to my studio and just have a session with some uh, producers? And okay. I had no idea. I had no idea that these producer producers were like the biggest in Germany or one of the biggest in Germany. And the first session we had that ended up being the number one in Japan. And that's when my publisher was like, you know what? I can, I, I can't give you um, a, a record deal, but I can offer you a publishing deal. Uh -huh. And his advice was the best one. Cause he was like, you know what? I really think if you really focus on the songwriting and you really write for a few years for other people, you can develop your own sound. You will see what works and what doesn't work. You can, you know, you know, build relationships because this industry is all about relationships and everything. So I took his advice to heart and it's honestly the best thing um, that I got. But back then, of course, you always want what you don't have. Back then I was like, I really want a record deal. I really want to do this, but mm -hmm. it allowed me to grow. And now I'm so grateful those songs were never put out because had they been put out and, you know, they weren't as good as I thought they were, maybe, I don't know, I would have been dropped right away and I would have, mm -hmm. you know, distanced myself from music. So it's interesting how everything works in life, you know, and sure. I took his advice to heart and then I started writing for other people. And then I started realizing, okay, I like this sound. I don't like this sound. And then I just started separating the two. So now if I'm writing for someone else, 
I don't put any of my story into the, the lyrics. And it's actually easier because it's just really suggesting you're just like coming up with some rhymes and then you're like, do you like this? Do you like this melody? Uh, okay. And then that's when I write for other people. But when I write for myself, it's more complicated because like I, I'm so hard on myself and I want to make sure I'm giving the song the best of me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it's so rewarding. It is so rewarding once um, the songs uh, are done. For example, Young Queen, I started that in 2017. Wow. And I, yeah, and I thought it was done in 2019, 2020. But then last second, um, right before we shot the, the video, I was like, no, let me perfect the second verse because uh, <laughs> I'm crazy. Uh, and then I added this outro in the end. And mm -hmm. I just I'm so proud of Young Queen and also song. Love for Days. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, Thank real quick on the on the early songwriting, do you play like a piano or do you play an instrument? Like, how are you writing the songs like music? You know, like, how is the music being formed? Adam, it's crazy. You're going to laugh. I don't play one instrument. I don't <laughs> I don't read notes. I just sing and write from my heart. So it's either a concept um, that I have and I bring that to the studio with me or uh -huh. a title that I think of where I go, oh, that's a dope title or something, you know, um, a feeling where I'm like, you know, I would love to write a song about my mom. How could I turn that into a concept? Like, how can I mix that with my heritage? So it's always different. You know, sometimes it's a melody that I have that I mm -hmm. don't know what it is. And each song and every process, like the process is so different with each song. It's mm -hmm. couldn't be any different. Sure. Well, when you got that first publishing deal and you, you, you wrote the song that ended up being a number one hit in Japan, was that song yeah. in, in English or was it in Japanese? Like, how do you translate? Or like, yeah. How does so, that even work? So that was crazy. I, I wrote that in English okay. and then I had no idea that in Japan, like 50% of the lyrics, they just take them and they translate them into uh, Japanese uh, like lyrics. Verbatim, so, like, wow. It, and, and then when I heard it back, I was like, I did not write this, but like my English, <laughs> my English words were there every, you know, but it was like a mix of like Japanese and, um, uh, and English similar to K-pop. Okay. I don't even know if K-pop is, I don't even know how they do it, but like with, with Japanese, it was like 50% Japanese, 50% English. And I was so thrown off, but my publisher and everybody was like, uh, this is how it works over there. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do this awesome. <laughs> okay oh wow okay so i mean that's amazing and after that after that song it obviously does really well are you in more sessions like yeah at that point were you like okay i'm gonna just be a, a songwriter for other people because you were you had some su yeah. success there or were you still trying to pursue artists you know as a solo artist like I mean, I'm, well, I'm throwing was, a bunch of questions at you there, but uh, no, I'm just you're curious. Fine. You're fine. I was, I, I always had it at the back of my mind, but because I really took what my publisher told me seriously, I was like, you know what? Let me really focus on this. And of course I would still have some ideas that I would, you know, say for me if they mm. were like my story, but I would, I really took the songwriting process seriously. And I would go to, um, I would fly to London. I would fly to Amsterdam. I would stay in Berlin. I would uh, fly to Sydney. I flew to uh, New York and LA 
for, for sessions. And I would just like work with different people and make, you know, become friends with different people and see who I vibed with, who I didn't and what worked for me, what didn't, where did I feel comfortable? Mm-hmm. And yeah. And okay. So you, you released in 2017, you released big girls cry. Yeah. And was that your first like song out as, as Mimosa? Yeah, that was my first record. So how that worked was um, after writing songs for so many artists mm-hmm. and I had finally, you know, done a few for me. I was like, OK, Big Girls Cry. This is my song that I'm putting out. Uh, but before I put that out, I didn't have a Spotify presence because that's when, you know, 2015, 2014, um, 2013, that's when this whole Spotify thing started developing. And now mm-hmm. it's like, it really rules uh, the music industry because oh, sure. it's numbers. If you don't, if you don't have big numbers, you don't really get on the radio. And if you don't get on the radio, you don't get on television. So it's all like a thing, you know? Yeah. And that's when, that's when uh, my team told me like, you know what, let's not put out Young Queen right away we should do some DJ features to even s- to build your um, Spotify presence, you know? Sure. And I agreed to that. And I was like, sure, you know? And I remember them telling me, you know, we just don't want you to be sad if you end up having 100,000 uh, streams with a DJ song. And back then I had no streams. I had zero. Yeah. I, You're I didn't like 100,000, let's do this. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I'll be so happy if we get 100,000. Yeah, right. And then, and then the first DJ feature I did, uh, Dreamer, uh, that ended up having 11 or 12 million streams. <laughs> yeah. And that's when my, my team was like, oh shit, let's do another one and just see, you know, <laughs> if it's a coincidence or if people are resonating with your with your sound or your lyrics or whatever it is you know uh-huh. so we did another one and that was uh anyway for tyron happy in australia and, and that, that one ended up, yeah, yeah that, that <laughs> one ended up having 70 million streams <laughs> and that's when my team was like holy shit okay now it's time to put out uh big girls cry because now you have some sort of a presence Right. And um, yeah, I, I'm so grateful. It was like my first song ever, three million streams. Uh, uh, and I'm still learning about everything as I'm releasing. And I just mm-hmm. like, I, I love my solo songs. I love my solo songs. I also understand that this industry, um, you also have to move with what's in. Not that you have to change who you are, but I would say that it helps you out if you completely don't turn your back to the music industry and you still are aware of what works uh, Mm -hmm. in, you know, in, you know, today. And a lot of artists, that's why they do DJ collabs so that, you know, two teams can like work a record. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I've never heard that. I've done done a lot of these interviews, over 700 of them, and no one's ever really put that together for me. Where it's like, maybe I'm being too honest with you, but that's the truth. No, please. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, no, that is really what 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 they do. And because they want an artist to develop some sort of a presence. Uh But if you're doing that only with solo songs, you may and you release 200 songs and nobody may know of you. Or if you start, you know, collaborating with people, then suddenly you're working with two different fan bases. You're working with two different teams that are shopping the record. And that's why those DJ songs or collaborations are so big because it's always like two teams working them. And uh, my thing, my next single 
may or may not have a DJ feature. <laughs> uh, I don't want to give that away yet, but right. it is an up-tempo. I'm really, really, really proud of it. I love that one. And then I would say uh, for fall, uh, I might, you know, release a ballad because it's like, you know, cozy times and everything. Sure. So I might do that, but no, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm really excited and I'm so prideful and I just, I'm really proud of my music, you know? You should be. I mean, you're doing amazing, amazing things. Thanks. I'm curious, how did you get to the, how did you get to LA or it, was that the first place you moved to in the States or you talked about New York, but like, how did you get yeah. from Germany as a songwriter to, to Los Angeles? Yeah. So I was working and living in Germany and because my, my publisher would fly me out to different cities to work with different people. New York was the first place I visited in the U.S. That was in 20, 2010 or 2011. Was that a and big moment I, for you to, to come oh, out to the States? Oh, Adam, it was it was like in the movies. You know, I got to <laughs> New York and I was in Times Square and I was like, oh, this is like the movies. Holy shit. It was so big. And larger than life. And I just remember, I love still to this day, New York is one of my favorite cities because it just like blew me away mm -hmm. the energy. And I also am a very like, you know, I have so much energy and I just you do. I fit right into New York. And up until last year, I was like, New York is my favorite city in the whole world. It's changed a little bit because I've been living in LA uh -huh. for, um, for, how many years, like six years now. Oh, wow. And okay. I do, I feel like at the end of the day, nothing beats the sunshine and you do get more, um, you know, space at home for, it's a little bit more affordable than New York, LA, right. I would say. It's... And then you can't beat the sunshine. So I, I would say LA is my number one city okay. um, in the US and New York is number two. But yeah, so New York was the first city I visited. I fell in love with it. I, I became friends with so many talented people, writers, and um, and then I visited. Uh, I would always travel back and forth. Um, okay. So I was also in L.A. for a few months in 2012. Uh -huh. And then I came back in 2014 to write a little bit more. And then I realized, you know what? I really need to live in L.A. Like if I really because I always tell myself, um, Adam, I'm so honest with myself. And I will never know how good I am. And I don't like the word compete. I, I don't like the word compete, but I like, I will never know my full potential if I stay in a small town. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the bravest people of their small towns, they all left them to, uh, to be in LA or to be in any big city because mm -hmm. any big city has brave souls that come there to like, to see their full potential. And that's what I wanted to do. And I was like, the only way for me to find out how good or how crazy I am will be in L.A. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, you know what? I need to move there. And that's when I made the move. And this was in 20, uh, uh, 2015. Uh -huh. And um, no, it was it was awesome. Right away, a month after moving here, I uh, read one had heard my songs. Um, he's wow. the producer of Lady Gaga, yeah. Lo, Jason Derulo, Usher, and he loved my music. And we, we did a whole bunch of songs. And one of the songs that we did in 2015, I think it was even on my birthday or around my birthday in October of 2015. Uh, that's when, um, 
I uh, co-wrote uh, Kings and Queens. Wow. And then five years later, I get the call um, where my, my team was like, you know, Ava Max, she loves Kings and Queens. She wants to release it. And I was like, great, because any song that isn't mine, they can, you know, please take them. Please, yeah, take you know? it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Wow. Yeah. So well, how did it land in, the, in her hands five years later? That seems pretty like, like um, a big stretch of time. I know a lot. Yeah, she Sorry, had was... a session with Red One and uh, he played her some songs. And apparently when she heard uh, Kings and Queens, she really fell in love with it and felt like it had her name written all over it. And mm -hmm. uh, that's um, how she took the song. Wow. And yeah, I mean, obviously that song is huge. It's still on the radio uh, constantly. It's now. very anthemic. It's very anthemic. And mm -hmm. I feel like I've always loved dramatic anthemic uh choruses i've always mm -hmm. um yeah it's always been something that i've loved you know and i always try to put that into my music and uh, i'm so grateful that she did because it did open up um doors for me you know mm -hmm. um that allowed me to get signed to universal uh, wow yeah it did allow me to get signed to a major record uh company in in germany and capital records in the u.s so i just feel like you know, when you give, you get, you know, mm -hmm. that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. What was it like getting the call from Capitol Records? I and mean, that's such an iconic building in Los Angeles. I mean, I know I still it's so interesting. I still haven't met my team in person because of COVID and everything. And I'm sure oh, I wow. will in a month once they all return back to their offices. Uh -huh. But I honestly, Adam, I did not even I'm telling you, my focus was only like, how can I honor my truth in Young Queen? And how can this song be the best that it can be, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like anytime when I just focus on the music and I let everything else just like, I let everything go once I've given it my all with music, that's when like things open up. And mm -hmm. uh, no, I didn't expect it at all. And I just, I'm really excited to hopefully build an amazing relationship and continue to release songs that they love uh, that are also honest to me. And I'm so grateful that I can even do that, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, you hear different stories where artists just like, I don't know, like sing songs that they don't even believe in because it becomes their, their sound or their style. And I'm so yeah. grateful that with my, artist project it's really truthful songs mm -hmm. uh and at the end of the day adam if nobody likes it it doesn't hurt me because i'm like well you know what it would hurt me more if i pretended to sing something or pretended to be the face of something that's not even me because right. i don't even know because that's acting i'm not an actress and i couldn't even do that so knowing that i'm singing songs that are truthful and honest well somebody will hopefully connect with it and that's great and if you don't then, then I'm not for you, but I still love it because I look back and I know exactly how I felt when I wrote Big Girls Cry. I know exactly how I felt with Love for Days. So to me, I look back at these songs and they're like pages of my diary. So it's really my story. And like, I'm just sharing my story. If you love it, amazing. If you don't, well, that's fine too. <laughs> You're right. Well, Mabosa, I believe that people are connecting and they love it because even Young Queen has over a million plays on Spotify Thank right now. You. So yeah, that's I'm so grateful. cool. All of your I'm songs grateful. have like, I mean, every song you've written and released has over a million plays. That's something Thank to be said you. about that. Thank so, you so much. Oh yeah, it's. I'm I'm curious to know where you were when COVID happened. Like, were you, were you in Los Angeles? 
in this living room. I oh was, my. <laughs> so this is my home. I was in this living room and I remember just going, holy. And first I was so naive. I thought it was going to be like a month or two weeks. Oh, Isn't everybody that crazy? did, right? They're like, oh, yeah, it's a blow over. <laughs> Nobody. A year and a half later. You know, I was, at, it sounds so stupid, but I was kind of excited. I was like, oh my God, so cozy. And I ended up having two dinners at night because I was like, nothing matters anymore. Right. And I was just like, watch, <laughs> I would watch movies. And then at 12 at midnight, be like, time for a second dinner. And then after two weeks, I was like, okay, now I'm really bored. And then it's like, okay, I've been wearing the same, uh, you know, jogging sweatpants. sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay, like this is uh, getting really annoying. And like, PJs and everything. And then I remember, thank God, I got the call from my team in Germany because um, it started in March, right? Middle yeah, Mar March. Yeah, March 13th, I think. Yeah. Is the, the dates so, they've stamped on it. Yeah. And then I remember the first two weeks, I really enjoyed the first two weeks because I was like, this is great. And then after two weeks, I was like, okay, this sucks. And then I started just like perfecting Young Queen and just do the final touches. And then, thank God, I got the call that I should um, fly to Germany to uh, shoot the video and to meet my my team and everything. So that that was like the beginning of June, middle okay. June. And that's so when I still was busy with things. And that was before they stopped the flights and everything. So I ended up oh, uh, wow. being lucky because I still was able to work. Mm -hmm. And it was like, a little bit of quarantining, a little bit of work and a little bit of everything. So it ended up really being productive for me. Thank God I didn't have to just like spend six months at the same spot being locked in. That wasn't right. Like, yeah. Okay. So Cause yeah, when you were talking, Melissa, when you're talking about having, you know, and being inspired by, by life and, and, and that's what I was wondering. I'm like, a lot of people I've talked to you were saying like, you know, yeah, it was great in the beginning. And then like, I couldn't, be creative. Like I'm so sick of looking at these same yeah. walls over and over and over. Yeah. And it's like, we're not experiencing life. So I didn't have any stories to tell. Yeah. But it sounds like you were able to kind of work still. Yeah. I'm so grateful because like, I think that, um, you know, I truly feel like COVID hit everyone on some sort of level, either financially, um, health wise, mental, you know, mental health is so important. And if you're you know, stuck in the same room all day, having no human interaction that can't be healthy for you, mm -hmm. you know? And that's why I'm so grateful. I even like, and I did not even quarantine the whole time. Like I was still busy <laughs> working and doing different things, but I remember getting so used to asking my girlfriends, like our calls were like sad, you know? Cause I was like, so what are you guys doing this weekend? And they would be like, nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. And then the next friend, so what are you guys? Nothing. You nothing. got so used to just saying nothing and everything was nothing. And that was kind of like sad, mm -hmm. but it made me also appreciate like, wow, I never understood what a luxury it is to be able to go out to restaurants and see friends. Like I will right. never again say no, invite me to everything. I'm yeah. right there. <laughs> People aren't going to take, I, I've been telling a lot of artists uh, this too, is with like tours opening up and shows happening again. Like, people aren't going to be hopefully not as like, ah, it's a Thursday. Like I got to work in the morning. I don't want to go see this band or if people are Thursdays just going to stop taking Yeah. People are, well, even <laughs> if it's a Monday, you know, people are going to stop it taking that for matter. granted. It's like, Oh, yeah. Mimosa is coming to playing a show in LA. Like I'm going because yeah. who knows if, if the world's going to lock down. I know. Seriously. You know, it's no. so crazy. It so made crazy. us all appreciate like, 
any human interaction and just mm -hmm. like um how how great we had it before like oh my god we had any like we could go we could travel we had so much freedom and i think we all took it for granted like wait we can you know i don't know like go to the movies uh, go to a restaurant uh make plans travel and that's something that i think everybody got humbled in that sense you know oh, completely agree completely yeah agree. and now i feel like we appreciate that 10 times more and <laughs> i think it is fun like we're all young like we should go out on a Monday night and just like live life a little bit more because we haven't for over a year. So, right. and I think it's going to make everyone just like more positive and just more hopeful and just more like, Oh my God, life is great. Right. <laughs> like, right. You know, yeah, it's maybe a bad day, but life is great. You know, we can go out. We can still go outside and yeah, see our friends now. Finally, we yeah, can, exactly. We can breathe without the mask. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny, Adam, and I don't know if I'm talking uh, your ears off, but um, no, I, I love it. made a friend. I made a friend during quarantine because I have a little dog, Baloo. She's a multi-poo. I love her so much. She's my baby. Okay. And I would walk her out and I have a friend. Uh, her name is Alyssa. And for a year, I only knew what she looked like <laughs> with her eyes. Sure. And after we both got vaccinated and it was safe to take off the mask, uh -huh. we finally did it one day. And I was like, oh, my God, is that what you look like? And she'd be like, is that what you look like? It was so awesome. And that's, that's so a friendship cool. and a story where I'm like, I didn't know the half of your face for over a year. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. so crazy. You only knew her from the eyes up. <laughs> yeah, I only knew her eyes. And now when I see her and I love her so much and she knows it every time I stare at her, like, you know, like at this space, I'm just like, yeah, that is her mouth. Okay. Let me get used to that. Those are her. It's so interesting. That's her nose. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's it's so, so funny. funny. That is so yeah. funny. Um, well, okay. So you shot the video. I'm, I'm curious on the uh, young queen video. You did shoot that in Germany because the aesthetics are beautiful. Like where, where uh, you are. Yes. I was curious. I'm like, where she must have been out of the country. Like, there's yeah, more, no, I wasn't. Yeah. That was in Kosovo, actually. I was not in. Germany. Oh, you were in Kosovo. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember my team telling me like, okay, let's shoot a video for this. Just shoot it in LA. And I was like, hell no, I can't. I I was like, I can't sing and write about where I'm from, and not and, not, and not express the same. Um, you know, with, with uh, visually, you know, I was like, I have the, the, the visuals have to reflect the feel of the record and like, they have to mirror that. So it was so important for me. It made it a million times more challenging because especially during, uh, you know, uh, COVID times <laughs> yeah. and everything, it was so hard, but thank God nobody got COVID during, uh, you know, on set. Uh, it was so amazing. And I just really wanted to proudly show where I was from and uh, and just show that, you know, it is OK to be from a small town that no one has ever heard of. Mm -hmm. And honoring where you come from makes you a king or a queen, being proudful of what your story is, no matter how hurtful, painful it is, how much trauma you went through, the fact that if you can overcome that and you still tell your story prideful, that is what makes a king or a queen to me. And of course, I can only sing about my story because that's like all I have. Sure. But I wanted people to hear the pride and the, the, the love. And I wanted them to feel the same pride, pride mm -hmm. when they listen to that and think about their story and be like, 
oh yeah, you know? So like, mm -hmm. that was the most important thing. And I've gotten so many messages from people from all over the world, from different countries where they're like, you know, I, I, I started tearing up or, you know, it's a similar culture where I'm from in Hungary or like mm -hmm. just different messages or people in Ireland or it's just so beautiful. Uh, and that is what keeps me going. And that is like, oh my God, somebody's relating to my truth. That's so cool. Yeah, that must have been pretty emotional going back to, to yeah. where you're from. Had you been like, I mean, I don't know how recently or how frequently you went back. Yeah. So we, because I'm Albanian, uh, mm -hmm. we have no choice but to go back once a year. Okay. Because it's like, it's like a thing in our family. My parents, they live in Germany, but they also go back once a year. Okay. And every Albanian, you're not Albanian if you don't go back once a year and you oh. see family. Okay. So it's not like Sweden that I haven't seen because Sweden, Love for Days video, I did shoot that after 18 years of wow. not being in Sweden. That was actually emotional. But Kosovo was not so much because I always go once a year. So it was like, it's not like I haven't been Bang. back. So okay. Long. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Well, going back to Sweden then. So that was the emotional, the big it time. It was. Okay. Because even though my, my, my roots and my blood and my parents, I will always be Albanian. I have an Albanian name, Mimosa. For but sure. like, I also <laughs> am, I'm also Swedish because like uh, I grew up in Sweden. My childhood, it was all Sweden. And that was actually emotional. And still like I keep in touch with some friends and we still speak Swedish. I have a Swedish uh, friend here in L.A., Mm -hmm. And I recently discovered two stores that are Swedish uh, cool. with, uh, you know, like candy and, you know, the, the, the foods and everything. And uh, that was so emotional because it was like, it just feels like a part of my childhood. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was like beautiful. But with Love for Days, it was important to honor that the, my Swedish roots. And then with Young Queen, I was like, no, I, I want to honor my Albanian roots. Mm -hmm. And um I'm, I'm, I promise you, I'm not going to honor because I don't really have German roots. But <laughs> even though I grew up in Germany, I don't think I'm going to do a video about Germany because it's not like who I am. But like, it's so important for me whenever I write the song, mm -hmm. the, the visuals have to reflect that. And I do direct my videos. I know wow. what I want. And I take so much pride into, you know, I find the costumes for like the mother and the little girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't know, there's like making offs on YouTube of how I shot uh, Young Queen. Oh, and cool. you see how much how much time I, I invest into that because I truly am so prideful. Uh, it's so much work, um, yeah. but it is so rewarding, Adam, when to me, I always care about the results. I don't care if I'm spending a thousand hours on it. I even spend my extra like my own money for it because I shot the video twice. I actually, yeah, I'm crazy. So I started shooting, <laughs> I started shooting a young queen video in 2019 until I realized, no, it's not complete. It's not hundred percent where I want it to be. It's not there. Mm -hmm. And then as, uh, you know, as Ava Max released the song, more doors opened up for me. And that's when I got signed. And that's when they asked me, what, what's the song? And I was like, you know, young queen and I've even perfected it now. So I reshot the video, but I wow. always feel like you always have to invest your own money. And <laughs> if you want a result to be a little bit better than average, you have to invest more money, more time. And nobody's going to care about your career if you don't care. And nobody's going to put in a hundred percent if you don't put in 200%. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
again, I'm all about the results. I don't care how hard I have to work. If the result is approved by me and I feel like, you know what, I don't care how many years go by, I will forever be proud of Big Girls Cry, then I can live with that. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fun. And directing is something that I've also fallen in love with. And mm -hmm. I started doing that with uh, my second music video. That's when I took control. And I was like, you know what? That was fun and cute, but let me take control <laughs> and let me see how it can be. If I, the same way how I'm so in control of the lyrics and the melodies and what I'm singing about, mm -hmm. let me do the same visually because maybe it can actually be what I want it to be and closer to who I am. And I feel mm -hmm. like I got that with Love for Days. And then I was like, all right, cool. I think I can do this again with Young Queen. So it is fun. It's, it's so much more pressure because once you have a big budget, you it, you have to deliver, you know, but mm -hmm. I, I like to challenge myself. I like to see like, how far can I go? Like, can I get better? I love sure. to I think it's healthy. I, I enjoy that process so much. Well, Mimosa, you are doing amazing things. Uh, you, you can Thanks, tell I'm how sorry. passionate you are and just Thank how much energy you. and how much hard work you put into this. And so it's much. so incredible. And I, I know you have you're working on an EP. You talked about having your next your next song coming out, possibly having a DJ feature and maybe a ballad. Know. Yeah, maybe we a ballad know. coming out in, in the yeah. fall. I cannot wait to hear all about it and, and hear thank the music. You. And I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Time. I appreciate your time and everything. And I look forward to talking to you again whenever I drop my new record. Oh, I would love that. I would love Thanks. that. And yeah. you've been you've been you've been providing so much fantastic advice throughout the course of this interview. I would love it if, if Mimosa, if you could just, if you have any advice for aspiring artists, maybe just a little snippet of something that you might tell somebody. My advice would be don't listen to my advice. Like really? you have yeah, dropping so much advice, fantastic advice. My advice would be figure out what's truthful and honest to you and go, follow your gut. Like don't listen to anyone, not even me, just like figure out what it is that you need to thrive, to be good. Cause somebody could tell them like, you know, you need to write 2000 songs. You need to do this and that, but everyone is different. So my advice is, don't listen to my advice and just figure out how you work the best, how you feel the best, and however you feel, uh, that will reflect uh, your product. That's what I believe.